Hello and welcome to this very special episode of A Beer with Sam and Peter. It's our first holiday episode. Yeah, we're, do, we're doing something new, new yeah. and exciting. It's like, happening. It's great. Yeah. We'll look back on this and uh, think, oh man, we were such geniuses, such taste setters. <laughs> such taste setters. Yeah. We're setting tastes yep. and setting trends. Trend setters. Yeah. Setting tastes and trends all over the shop. So if you weren't paying attention to any of the other episodes and if you just come in now. Yep. Um... We're doing something a bit different yeah. for the month of December. Um, we thought we'd cap off the year, um, the year of a beer with Sam and Peter, with a series of four like like so specific year, episodes, year review type specific episodes. Yeah. So we're going to talk about music in the episode that you're about to listen to. Yep. Uh, we're going to talk about games then. Yep. And then we're going to talk about the TV shows that we've watched in the year. That one's going to get a bit gummy with the whole rules of what we're going to watch and whatnot. I think if a new season's come out. Yeah, the, I think that's how we're going to... For all this stuff, we, we're we going to sort of generally... Each episode is going to be focused on one topic, and yeah. we're generally going to talk about stuff that happened that year, yeah. but we will also have a bit of time for homework movies and others. Like, yeah, final episode will be movies, um, and we'll have a bit of time to talk about yeah. some of the stuff that we may have only just discovered this year. And we'll try and make it really special for the final episode. Yeah. Yeah. So but anyways, we're gonna have we're gonna have fun guests and <laughs> yes. Like, so that's the other thing we are gonna have a guest every episode. Yep. Uh, now in this month, fun and guests, fun beers. Yeah. This episode we I'm have excited. two guests. Yeah. But only three people on the podcast. Yeah. I'll let you do the do the, the complicated mathematics that is associated with that. Uh, and realize that I'm not gonna be here. Sam's not gonna be here. But I mean, you're going to let them do the complicated maths and yeah. then you just... They could pause it, do the maths. <laughs> pause it, do the maths. And with then... their whiteboards. Yeah, but how, how could they do the maths if you say there's only going to be three people on there? Wouldn't they just assume that we're going to have you and I and a guest? Well, that's what the maths is about. No, because we're two guests. You're losing all the equations oh, okay. already. Yeah. yeah. Two guests, three anyway. people. Sam's anyway. not here. Because uh, I really don't know anything about music. Uh, guys, so I just thought I'd gracefully step away. I know it would have been really entertaining for me to just be here and say, "No, I have not heard that." Or, oh, "Okay, that I imagine that sounds good." <laughs> um, but I'll be keenly listening to this episode. Good, because I don't. I feel every time I speak to the to everyone, there's this huge hole in in my knowledge, in my pop culture knowledge, and that's music. Um, and and that's why you're not on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, stay tuned. God damn it, Sam. <laughs> Podcast time. All right, that's it. <laughs> Hello and welcome to A Beer with Sam and Peter. You've just listened to our explanation of what we're doing this month, so I'll get right into it. We're doing, this is the first of our special end of year podcasts, and I'm joined today by Adam and John. Hey. Hello, guys. Hi. <laughs> we're so awkward. Like, this is the first time we've been on this podcast. And to be honest, Pete, I, I have never listened to this podcast before. Gee, thanks, I, mate. That's a good start. I, I have. 
I'm proud to say I've been a, a long time, f- long time first time. That's how I describe <laughs> <laughs> you, you are his brother, so there's an yeah. expectation that you yeah, support Yeah, him. so yeah. you guys could just introduce yourselves. Go and Hi, my name's, uh, John. my name's John, John Ballot. Carry uh, mail. I, as, as Adam has just pointed out, I, I do work for News Corp. Um, I He's a journo. I'm a journalist. And so John, I do enjoy um, music, but I, I wouldn't say I'm the most knowledgeable person in the world, and I can't quite articulately talk about music mm. as as Adam you, here um, can. Well, I'm glad I got you to come on then. Well, um, oh well, you know, I can, you I can, made, I can, you just, you just I have, me with confidence. I have the, um, I have the perfect ability to ramble on for ages and and, <laughs> and make myself sound smarter than I am. And, and that's you, all. We you, um, that's how I've gotten before, to where I am in life right now. I guess. But before you worked for News Corp, you worked for Four Triple Z, the local Brisbane radio station, didn't you, John? I did. I did. I was a um a host at a, a news show on there, and so that's where. Well, I, there you go. I mean, that's that's music knowledge. Yeah, there. and I mean, you had to. We had Sam to know. Did you have to pick tracks? We had to. We had to pick tracks, and it was. Or you had to pick your own, like, you know, there was no playlist or anything, so you right, had to right. choose the music. So, I mean, I was sort of forced to get to know, especially local Brisbane music. Yeah, yeah. you're so, not a music journo, but you, um, yeah. you, you like music. I'm not, I'm not an idiot. Music. Yeah. yeah. In certain ways. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, a bit about me then. I'm, uh, I don't know. I've, There's I've not got, much to say. Who are you? <laughs> uh, my name's Adam. I've, uh, I've got 21 years experience as Peter's brother, um, and I'm, yeah, I well, guess, like, my only, like, kind of qualification, I guess, is that, like, in my arts degree at uni, yes, I study an arts degree, sorry. Um, he also I, studies law. He's, I do, He's, yeah, he's selling also, himself short. Yeah. Um, but in my arts degree, one of my majors is popular music, so that, I mean, like, I've, I've been interested in music for a few years now, and just, like, yeah, over the past you probably three up or music, four years. You keep up with music, news, you go yeah, to gigs. Yeah, yeah. Are we going to do a beer report? Yeah. Yes. So hectic. So this afternoon, because it is. I've the never had this beer before. Yeah, we're drinking a, fine, a fine little beverage. known craft brew called Forex Gold. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Where's um? Where's this from? Uh it's from the Milton Brewery. Oh, the oh. Milton Brewery. Oh, mm. ne- I've never been there before. Never been there. No. Oh. no, John lies. It's our local. So we, me and John, love to get amongst the mangoes. I think we do. We I, I we mean... have a harvest every weekend and <laughs> just just really love it. Um, and yeah, so we're today we're drinking Four X Gold, also known as the Milton Mango. Yeah, yep. we considered going Classic the cranberry Queensland brew. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, brewed from just around the corner from where John lives in in the Milton Brewery. As we were saying, um, I don't live in the Milton Brewery. I, I mean, do, I spend a fair amount of time the there. Brewery. Man, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> um, Ideal apartment right there. Hmm. And I, I know what you're probably saying, dear listener. Haven't you already done Forex Gold? No, we've we have done uh, the Forex Gold Pale Ale. So mm. Oh, what was your what was your opinion on the about pale that? Ale. Yeah, it was it was okay, yeah. not amazing, but like for a Forex Gold, like for that sort of standard of mm. beer, it was. Pretty good, yeah. like pretty drinkable. Yeah, okay. Not terrible. No, I've not, been um, not yeah, like been, a favorite beer. Right, fair yeah. enough. Like I, I've been really getting amongst the forex at the moment, just because it's like I actually quite like the taste of forex, mm. and it seems to be really quite cheap wherever you go. So I mean, like, yeah, I, 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 I really like, yeah. I, I really back forex at the moment. I have to say. So yeah. Right. Anyway, fellas, cheers. 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 And they're a bit warm. <laughs> They're not that warm. warm. They've just come out of the fridge. Oh, maybe I've just been holding mine too long. Yeah. Anyway, let's get into it. Thanks for having us, by the way. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. 
We'll see how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. Yeah. So we're going to, what we're kind of, the structure for this podcast is we're going to start out by talking a bit about the sort of year in music, big albums that came out, yep. music news, mm-hmm. like the big news stories, and then, and then go through a bit of each of our favorite albums from the year. And hopefully through that discussion, we'll come up with a Beer with Sam and Peter album of the year. Mm. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Music news. Adam. Okay, well, um, I think the biggest, back in January, January or whenever it happened, but January. You, you can't not talk about probably the biggest piece of music news this year, which was the death of David Bowie. That was like, like I was in England when that happened and like a few of my friends, like one of my mates was down, who's from London, like went to Brixton, which is his like his home suburb or whatever. And like just the mood of people, like people were devastated when Bowie died, especially English people. And a lot of Australian people were too as well. Like, John, like, you were pretty pretty down when it happened. I, I was, was I was down. surprised at first. I thought it was a prank. Yeah. I, 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 stuff I was, like that happens, those sort of yeah. pranks happen all the I time. I was overseas at the time as well, and I saw, mm. so I saw it on social media. Yeah. And I was like, nah, this is definitely a joke. Mm. And that was probably uh, eight hours afterwards, and then... Yeah. You know, you saw the BBC was doing, yeah. they were sending mm-hmm. reporters down mm-hmm. to interview people in London so yeah. they had to get their opinion. Yeah. So that's when I realized, oh, no, this is, this is real. Mm. Um, I was, I was surprised. I think also because it wasn't someone that you thought about all the time. Yeah. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't yeah. like a. He's sort of one of those prolific artists that sort of has faded a bit from the yeah from yeah. the forefront his influence in is definitely still there but like and like now that he's died i think people have started to have really remembered him again and people are mm-hmm. like suddenly everyone's going oh yeah david bowie's one of my influences yeah. and that sort of thing well i mean i guess yeah. if you're in the david bowie t-shirt industry you'd be making a lot of money right oh now. yeah for sure yeah. and that he, whichever record company has the contract yeah, yeah. yeah. his yeah. albums would yeah. just be yeah. raking it in mm. And he um he died just a few days after releasing um an excellent album, which is Black Star. Yeah. Which was um an album that very openly and frankly dealt with his impending death, really. Yeah. Um and yeah. So, so for for those who don't know, he was he had cancer. Cancer. Yeah. He had cancer. yeah. So he he knew and for he, a while that yeah, it was and, coming. And he yeah. sort of kept it secret, kept it out of the yeah public. A bit like um, a bit like Freddie Mercury did with his um, HIV/AIDS back mm. in the nineties. Um, people found out on like the day after he released to the public that he had HIV. That and a then, bunch he died, of then he died. Then he died like three days after. He died that, yeah. the next day. The next day. He that, died the, yeah. the very next day. So it, it's kind of interesting that like they see the need to keep these things very private, and it's fair enough, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that was a big big story in music this year. It was the death of David Bowie. We also had like that I can think of. We had two other major music deaths, and they were um, Prince, Prince, of course. Who like I haven't like got into enormously, but like I have an enormous amount of respect for, and a lot of people mm. um, really love him, and he's been very influential. And he was an extremely talented musician. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think like, my connection to Prince was more purely emotional rather than musical. Yeah. Um, my mum loves Prince. So when he mm. when he passed away, when I heard that news, it was my first thought was like, oh, I wonder what my mum thinks. Yeah. Rather than like, oh, that's that's that, horrible. That's that's significant I've had that. Yeah. 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 Well, David Bowie, for example, you know, I grew up like, listening to his music mm. in high school. He was mm. pretty influential to me. Mm. So yeah, and um, I think he was one of those artists that maybe not was he. I wouldn't have thought he was as big in Australia. I don't think he, I don't think he was. No, no Bowie, Bowie was big. Yeah, Bowie, Bowie was. certainly was. Prince wasn't as massive. 
And then, yeah, uh, the third the was... Um, in the yeah, huge in the States. And I think um, the third kind of of the trio of notable music deaths was, I think, Lemmy Kilmister from um, Motorhead. Oh, yeah. That was last year, wasn't was it? Was that the end of last year? Maybe, no, I thought, that was, was. I thought that was, like, start of this year. It was... Possibly, it was, yeah. there was a bunch of, like, high-profile yeah. celebrity deaths at the start of this yeah. year, like yeah. Alan Rickman. Yeah, that was sad. David Bowie. Yeah. yeah. Um, other people who I've no doubt forgotten. <laughs> and, and there, there's been a smattering of other, like, deaths. Like, um, one of the guys from the Eagles died. Um, yeah. Oh, but that's the Eagles. Well, see, like, you say that, like, and I remember when he died, like, a lot of people were just like, oh, the Eagles are the worst band of all time. I completely refute that. I understand the Eagles aren't, like, the greatest and most, you know, reputable band because they were kind of just, like, easygoing family rock and roll sort of stuff. Like, just kind of bland a bit. But I love some Eagles songs. Like, Hotel California is a fantastic song. And I, like, absolutely fantastic. And so, like, I... I, What what other Eagles... Eagles? What the other Eagles. songs do the Eagles even release? If um, I if I hear the only, a song, the only one I know is then I'll know. California. No, but sometimes you'll hear a song and it'll be the Eagles. Yeah, like there's a lot like, of like, to be honest, not very good songs hmm. that they'll yeah. play on a classic rock radio. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, that are Eagles songs that you'll know, but you don't know it's the Eagles. Hmm. Yeah, they've got they've got a a really famous one called like um, Easy Does It or Easy Going or something like that. Let me figure it out I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out and get back to the listeners about that one by the time um, I forget <laughs> you'll update us in five minutes once you've found it there'll be complete radio silence from Adam for five minutes <laughs> so that's like death in death. the industry I suppose is there any, yeah. been any big like other sort of news stories that, that aren't quite as morbid um, that aren't um, just like albums that got released you had Kendrick Lamar win a Grammy very controversially Grammy is that the award uh, that's that's, that's an the award. I don't well, know. No, yeah, the big music award. That's the Grammys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, "Take It Easy" is that Eagles song. <laughs> okay. A very famous uh, we, song. We, we, we had. Okay, we can move past the Eagles. We can move past the Eagles. Um, what other music? Lamar, uh, so why was that controversial? Because controversial. He um performed the Black of the Berry. Yeah. And that's at such the a, Grammys. Yeah. yeah at the Grammys and, and, wearing chains and that sort of stuff. Yeah. So lots of so it was like a big sort of. African-American rights. Yeah. yeah, it was like, like very... There was, was like, like Black Lives Matters time, t-shirts Like around like the that. time of the... When the, that kid got shot. Oh, I mean, sad, the kid shot every one. weekend yeah. in America, so... Um, um, but yeah, no, the, the Grammys performance made headlines. Um, we had, And then he won the award. We had the... Yeah, he won... Well, he didn't win Album of the Year, but he won Rap slash Contemporary Album of the Year mm, or whatever it's called. What, what, who won Album of the Year? Um, was it like Rihanna or something? Uh, something like that, actually. Was it Beck? I mean, Beck was last year. Did I Beck think. win album of the year? Yeah, yeah. Um, for oh. Morning Phase, just out of nowhere, Beck. I feel like I feel that's like, kind of crazy. I feel like that was purely because like he's a musician's musician. Yeah, I don't yeah. think he, he's not like your average Joe. And then, likes then Beck. you had then <laughs> yeah, you had Kanye definitely. come out of the woodwork and just abuse him. Another um, thing that happened in the news was Led Zeppelin being sued. Yeah, by Spirit. Yeah, oh. for for Stairway to Heaven. Yeah, really. Yeah. That's interesting. It was only briefly in the news, and the court case wasn't on for long. Yeah, Um, was it like an out of court settlement or something? uh, No, they they were they were found they were found um, that they didn't. Yeah, there was no um, Led Zeppelin one. Yeah, Um, but basically what happened was this band uh, Spirit. Um, which who, which did have a couple of hits. Like, yeah, I think yeah. they had one or two they, hits in the, in the yeah, early seventies. Yeah. yeah, they had toured with Led Zeppelin before the release of Stairway to Heaven. Obviously, one of their most famous songs. Mm. Um, and Spirit's song Taurus. If you kind of like compare that 
famous Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin riff. There is a resemblance there that you can hear. So like there's kind of been this speculation, did Jimmy Page, because I think it was Jimmy Page who wrote it, did he like subconsciously kind of just like hear it one time, probably hammered at like a show in the 70s or something, and then the next morning- wake please, up, don't, oh, please don't sue uh, us, Jimmy Page. Shops, <laughs> and then just wakes up the next morning thinking he's got his own original idea, or mm. like was it something more nefarious, or is it nothing? And the court, like, eventually, basically, there was no case they could really prove. Mm. It's also the kind of thing where it's been so long, like, it seems a bit... To me, it seems a bit weird that they would bring it up so well, the, um, many years Well, later. the band members of, of Spirit, like, the, most of them are dead now. So, it's their estates that brought the action. Ah. Yeah. Mm. But, I mean, Led Zeppelin, most like, most of their really popular songs are not completely original mm. they're covers yeah. of old blues songs or old, yeah. old folk songs and yeah so i mean not surprised if, yeah not saying that you know the court was wrong or anything mm. but that's also kind of the iterative nature of music is everybody's inspired by and ripping off something that already exists mm. but i think led zeppelin made a lot of money covering songs from the 1930s and 1940s that those musicians died, yeah, absolutely broke, mm. and then Led Zeppelin made all this money, but because they those musicians never had enough money to copyright their songs, mm. Led Zeppelin made millions and millions and millions, and they never had to pay any like royalties no. or no, of course, or anything. Yeah, mm. interesting. Mm. So the last music um, piece of music news that I can remember is one that's very recently, and that is Bob Dylan winning the Nobel Prize in Literature. Yeah, um, not not without controversy. Not without no. controversy, partially because like a lot of people are just like, well, he's not like a literature writer; he's you know an artist in the songwriting tradition. But like, I I don't find any, I don't have any problem with the idea of uh, of of Bob Dylan being considered you know a or writer, just like that's what he is. Like, yeah, yeah, I have no problem with that because, like, the lyrics that he was writing are undoubtedly like his lyrics are amazing pieces of literature. I'm a massive. Bob I would, Dylan I wouldn't fan. call them literature in themselves. And I also, if you if you look at what the original statement from um, the founding statement of the Nobel Prize for Literature is, it I, I don't know it off by heart. Obviously, I'm not, you know, <laughs> I'm not that talented, but um, it. Specifically has to do with written classical literature. Right. So, long, okay. long pieces, novels, or, you know, fictional pieces of written literature that right. read like a novel. Okay. So, so is it, like... That's where I, one I of the... I don't have any sort of knowledge about the Nobel Prize for Literature. Is it, like, do poets win it, or is it just, like, novelists, basically? I think poets. I imagine like poets. I imagine poets can. Like, I, I feel win like it. if poets can win it, singers and songwriters. But can the win it. the controversy comes also a bit from can you separate Bob Dylan's lyrics, lyrics from his music from the music? Yeah, fair enough. If you mm. take the lyrics of Bob Dylan out of context and you just put them on a page, do they make any sense? Do they mean anything without the music behind it and without the image of Bob Dylan? Mm. And what do you think? Um. Look, I'd say definitely. Like, yes. the music is a key part of, like, why his, his message was impactful and how it got into people's heads. But, like, the lyric, his, his lyrics are fantastic. His lyrics, like, in and of themselves are spectacular, I think, and are deserving of that kind of recognition in my mind. But, yeah, anyway, so the story with the Nobel Prize was, like, basically Bob Dylan being, you know, 305 years old, as he is now, um, like, 
didn't respond to phone calls and that sort of thing from the Nobel Prize Committee in Sweden or wherever it is. And so, like, people were publishing, like, all these articles going, like, oh, Bob Dylan hasn't responded to this. Is he just being, like, super Indian hipster and just going, like, oh, no, I, I don't care about the Nobel Prize. And just, Cold. like... Very, very good Bob Dylan. Classic, that, yeah. that, that is like, actually... Man, that was very... That was actually pretty good. That, that like, is actually, like, a decent Bob Dylan. That was very impression. good. Yeah. I, I swear to God, I've never even tried that before. So, <laughs> for a first attempt, I reckon that was pretty solid. Um, if you do say so. If I do <laughs> say so myself. But, yeah, people were just like, oh, Bob Dylan, because, like, he's this rebellious figure from the 60s. They're just like, oh... He, what, he would just like stick it to the man and not even accept the Nobel Prize. Anyway, so um, people thought that he just was like basically snubbing the Nobel Committee. One of the Nobel Committee people was just like, uh, w- was just like, oh, he's ungrateful. And basically what had happened is Bob Dylan heard about it and he was like, oh, that's so cool. And then he just like went back on tour for another two weeks and because he's old and he doesn't like, he's not on Twitter, like reading The Guardian and that sort of stuff going, oh, I wonder what people think of me. So the next time he has an interview, someone asks him about it. He's like, I think pretty much unaware of all the controversy. And he's just like, oh yeah, I'm so happy. And I would love to go to the ceremony and that sort of stuff. Has the ceremony already happened? No, the ceremony hasn't already happened. Um, okay. But they were, they, they were kind of assuming that they'd have to have it without him, which they have done before. Like the, the Nobel Committee doesn't give a shit if you try and... Did like, Barack Obama attend his... He got he the Peace it? Prize. Yeah. yeah. Peace Prize. But so, also so quite did, controversial. Yeah. yeah. So, so did Henry Kissinger get the Peace Prize. But anyway, yeah. like the Nobel Prize doesn't actually mean anything for the Peace Prize. Like he, it's a bit... Yeah. Anyway... We don't need to go into that, but, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So basically like that, that was the, the Bob Dylan Nobel prize story. Mm. And that's, I think he deserved it. I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that you have to take it with a grain of salt. Okay. I, do, I think, I do think some of the lyrics that they sort of chose, again, I can't remember them off by heart, mm. but when I read, um, which songs they chose and which specific right. stanzas they would have chosen, mm. um, I was like, this is rubbish lyrics. Like, cause I have okay. to admit, sometimes some Bob Dylan songs, when you hear them... Are a bit rambly. Are a bit rambly, and he obviously just has, has the skill to put words together melodically. They just sound but this, good Yeah, sound good in a song, but when mm. you take them out of context, they're just complete rambling that don't have any sort of poetical sense to them. Mm. Would you say that this is maybe, like, the reason why they may have given it to him would be to generate a bit of controversy oh, or even like, like generate some interest knowledge about the prize like when was yeah. the last time you ever heard about the person who won the Nobel I think also he was literature. this For year literature, I didn't. he was out of all the candidates he was the most western and the most famous right. as well because mm. there were other really good novelists in there but they mm. were from I think there was one from correct me if I'm wrong but it was somewhere in West Africa I believe mm. it's maybe the Congo Okay. Um, and there's a couple of other novelists, mm. but Bob Dylan was by far the most famous. Was well, he no, the most yeah. qualified? You know, the the best, the most deserving. Yeah, who of knows? The bunch? I'm not going to say. Yeah. Um, seeing as there was also all the novelists in there, I haven't read any of their novels. Right. Um, but I think he was definitely the most famous, and the Nobel Prize has to sort of have relevance. that media attention and yeah. re- re- relevance to mm. it. So. Yeah, I think that's pretty much the year in music news that yeah. I can think of. I wonder what Bob Dylan in, like, 1963 would have thought if he yeah. knew in the future he would win a Nobel Prize. I think he would have been, like, 
Oh, I, can you do your impression no, again? I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> he would, it, 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 I knocked it out of the park once. You've had your fill for today. He, he would have the lightning in the bottle. Have. I think he would have to move on. He would have done like a John Lennony thing where he would have like been like, "No, I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna accept it." Like you know how John Lennon refused um, his knighthood. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Shall we move on? Yes. Can we do? Can okay, we- so we'll take a brief interlude before we get into our favorite yeah. albums of the year and to read do these bottle caps. <laughs> yeah, so. Something that's not in on any of the other beers that we've had. Forex Gold has proven its worth once again. Yeah, by, by including they include uh, like quiz questions, Queensland underneath trivia. each of the bottle caps. So mm. I'll start, and this is a this is a classic. Yeah, what was rugby league known as when it began in eighteen ninety five? You can text us your answers on o four three nine seven five seven triple five. Yep. You guys uh, obviously was, got was that it, joke, didn't you? Was it known as just yeah, like, the Triple J text line? Uh, the Triple J. Please don't text <laughs> the Triple J text line with your answers. Yeah, they'll have no idea what you're on about. So what was it known as when? Sorry? When it started in 1895. Just punch on at the local pub? <laughs> uh, no, it was the Northern Union. The Northern the Union. The Northern okay. Union, okay. That sounds All a bit right. too distinguished yeah. for rugby league, yeah. don't you think? Uh, they they given up that image now. True or false? Australia is the sixth largest country in the world. False. True. false the fi- I thought it was the fifth. I thought oh, it was larger than that. Um, according to the Forex Gold bottle cap. I guess we're fifth. It's true. Sixth. Yep. Fair mm. enough. Okay. And uh, last question. Not not necessarily last Queensland not specific question. And we'll, we got three more beers, so I'm sure we'll have another three later on. <laughs> uh, but how many ships were in the first fleet? Simple one. 20? Uh, lower. 15. Lower again. 8. Higher. Peter, 10, are you, you going to guess? 10 higher. 12. Lower. 11. <laughs> higher. <laughs> 11. Okay. Um, so, yeah, there's a bit of a bit of a journey back in time. Uh, you've increased your knowledge. Now yeah. let's increase everybody's knowledge about music. Music. About music. All right. Okay. Adam, so, Adam is first, I believe. So, kind of how I want to do it is we'll sort of just all go through... And Dude. talk about one album and then just yeah, keep going cool, until we've talked cool. about our top five. Them. So we've all like come pre-prepared. We've done some prep for this podcast, which Extensive never prep, happens. Actually. Um, so we're doing our top five of the year. Yeah. yeah. So we're kind of- I've yeah. written notes for three. That's fine. And then two I'm winging. Yeah. That's fine. I'm winging I've, five I've written five. nothing. I've just- <laughs> I, I came up with my list on the car on the way here. So <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Adam, this is in no particular order. What's- yeah. The, your first album that you wanted to talk about. Um, okay, well, I, I just want to like preface it by saying I actually struggled immensely to limit myself to five. I've loved so many albums this year for different reasons. Um, so I just want to like quickly rattle off a couple of honourable mentions. Black Star by David Bowie, Kanye West, The Life of Pablo, The Drones, uh, Feeling Kind of Free, loved that album. And yeah, so those are like probably my main honourable mention albums. But the first one that I wanted to talk about... Um, is an album by Anderson Park, and it's called Malibu. Uh, and this album came out in January of 2016, so just snuck in. Um, I first heard it... Uh, well, I, I was given it when I was... Because um, I, I was on exchange in England, and when I was leaving... Yeah, right, John. <laughs> um, and when I was leaving, um, a mate of mine like chucked the album on my phone for me for the trip home, and I listened to it for the first time like, lying over three aeroplane seats over, like, the Pacific Ocean or whatever ocean it is. Um, 
So it, it actually, it, it, so the, that's the that's the story behind it, and I really love the album. Um, it's by who I would consider the the biggest rising star of music in 2016, the person who's just come out of nowhere. What genre um, is it? It's uh, sorry, yeah. So it's basically it's a rap. It, it's like kind of soul and rap kind of stuff. So it's like um, Anderson Park basically is one of the prodigies of Dr. Dre. So okay. he's the one so of the newest American, prodigies. American yeah, bloke. American bloke. He was in Australia recently for the Listen Out Festival, which I was devastated not to go to, but, you know, what can you do? This um, this album, Malibu, I listened to the first time on that plane ride, and I absolutely loved it. It's got a, such an interesting blend. His voice is, is very unique, I think, in music at the moment, because he has a, a voice that is kind of light, and it's got a lot of kind of pop appeal, but he's also got incredible rhythm he has a live band called the free nationals who he takes around with him wherever he goes and just the way that he has some of the instrumentals like and some of the samples that he uses on the album are fantastic he um samples a song called molasses by hiatus coyote who are an australian mm-hmm. group um kind of soul group. Cool band. Yeah, they're band. very cool yeah. very cool and yeah so i absolutely loved anderson park's malibu i would highly recommend that it's probably like beyond even being in my top five that's probably in my top like two Anderson so Park is. released his debut album under the pseudonym Breezy Lovejoy, and <laughs> <laughs> Lovejoy. which okay. you can which you can kind of see why he diverted from that to being known as Anderson Park. Isn't he Anderson dot Park? Yeah, as well? he's um Anderson, which is spelt fairly normally A N D E R S O N, and then it's space, and then it's full stop P A A K. Um, is yeah, that his and, like what's his actual name? And, uh, yeah, I'm just reading here that his actual name is Brandon Park Anderson. So okay, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Sense. So it yeah. kind of makes more sense yeah. than Breezy Lovejoy. <laughs> and um, yeah, he released his his second album Venice in 2014, and then Malibu, which is his next one. He's also so um, did he release? Uh, how many is he released under the name Anderson Park? This is his second. Malibu is his right. second one. Okay, and he's also been featured on a lot of tracks this year he's just released uh, an album collaborating with a producer called knowledge um under the name no worries but it's spelled nx worries for some reason i haven't had a chance to listen to that one yet but apparently it's quite good and yeah he's he's featured on just a lot of a lot of tracks and he was on he's featured on about three or four tracks on um dr dre's album compton that he released to coincide with like the straight out of compton movie and that sort of stuff but yeah so um, Anderson Park Malibu, one of my favorite albums of this year. What was your favorite song too. from it? Well, it depends what you're looking for out of out of the album. To be totally honest with you, like there are some songs. What about that are, what about for like? Do you think if if you're okay, me, me I can give two. I, I just don't like rap music. Yeah, but there like, are songs on on that album that I think even non-rap fans would like. It's a good. Okay, right, it's a two, good one. Two songs. Okay, two songs. So um, we'll move on. if you're if like for someone like you, Peter, who's not as interested in rap and is kind of maybe more amenable to the soul elements of it. I'd say the song Celebrate, which is the second last song. And for people who are interested in a bit of a dancing banger, I would say... Um, a club banger? A bit, well, not even necessarily a club banger, just a song that you just will dance to and just have a bloody great time, um, is the song Am I Wrong, which is kind of the one of the main singles off it. But that was one of my favourite albums of this year and I couldn't recommend it enough. Your turn, John. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, so one of the albums I really enjoyed this year was This Is Our Vice by local Brisbane mm. indie pop band Cub Sport. Oh yeah, I'm sure you both have yeah, heard it. Yeah, I heard them. They get played on Triple J so, a lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, last last year I heard a lot of. They released a whole bunch of singles leading up to the because this is their first. Yeah, LP. Yeah, 
And so I was pretty keen for this album. I don't think it's the best album to come out of Brisbane, and I was a little bit disappointed with the album. However, because I was so keen for it, it still is one of my favourites. Yeah. Even though I was a bit disappointed with it. When did it come it. out? Like, start of the year? Mm, yeah, it would have been towards yeah, the start yeah. of the year. Bef- at least before the... F- it was in the first half of the year. Mm, yeah. And so I wasn't completely sold on the album, but because I was looking so forward to it, it's definitely one of my favourites from the year. Yeah. Um, I do love that sort of coming-of-age indie pop music mm. and the lead singer tim nelson as i quickly checked <laughs> on my notes you gotta check your notes gotta get it right. um the, the sort of brooding yet innocent vocals just get to me every time mm. and that 80s synth he, pop. yeah he definitely has the innocent vibe yeah. going for him it's it's fragile but it's also it's got an intensity to it mm. and um that's a good line that's a good line. Yeah. That's a quote right there. It's fragile, but it's got some intensity to it. Me um, Sam and Peter. It's fragile, but it's got some intensity. Can you get it. t-shirts, mate? <laughs> um, so this album, I've, I was a little bit disappointed with it, I'm going to mm. say. And from people who I know who've been to their live shows, they were also a little bit disappointed. Really? Okay. I, I do think there was a lot of hype to this band, especially in Brisbane. Mm. But it's a very good album, and it's definitely one of my favourites. Mm. And I do love 80s influenced albums this year which there have been a fair few yeah. Dee Dumbo for example and we've had the one I was on your list but yeah that's yeah. one of the ones that's on my list which you'll find out soon enough yeah if I had to recommend a song to listeners it would be I'm on fire cool okay. I um I gave that album a listen for the first time last night in full um and I quite liked it it kind of like towards it, it started well and the singles are great and then in the middle, it like kind of went a little bit off the rails for me. And then it like finished strongly, I think. But I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I've like for a while now, I discovered like properly discovered them when they did like a version for Triple J. Mm-hmm. And they did um, a really, really nice cover of um, Kanye West's uh, Ultralight Beam, which is one of my favorite songs of the year. Um, so I thought they did a great job with that. And that was kind of how I found out about them. Um, and since then I've really enjoyed their song, come on, mess me up, mm-hmm. which is their, probably like their oh, biggest single. That's them. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah them. I know that song. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I know the band. I just don't know any, like any of the names of their songs. Yeah. And I'm sure I'd know them if I heard them. Yeah. So come that's on, mess me up is like, yeah, that'll be great. Great. That'll be in the hottest 100. That'll be in the hottest sure. 100. I probably will vote for it in the hottest 100 as well. So yeah, solid pick from John. Thank you. Okay, so the first one I'm going to talk about, and we are kind of going to probably start going a bit quicker through all these. Mm. I don't have as much to say about it as Adam and John had to say about their albums, but the first one I'm going to talk about is uh, Gang of Youths EP mm-hmm. that they released this year called Let Me Be Cute. Let Me Be Clear, yep. if I can get the name right. I became a big fan of this band when I saw them live earlier in the year. When we saw them live. When, yep, Adam and I went and saw them live. And I'm just a real big fan of their just st- their style of music, also just like the backstory of the band, mm. and just like the real awesome, really long songs that just yep. build really well. Mm. Um, and I think Let Me Be Clear is a little bit more optimistic than yep. their debut album that they released last year. Do you want to like, talk a bit about the backstory of that album? Yeah, so the album that they released last year, was it called? Maybe the Positions. Nolia? The Positions, yeah. yeah. So The Positions... It's kind of an album about the lead singer, David, um, can't remember his last name. It's like Lalo AP or something like that. Yeah. His, like, long-term girlfriend was diagnosed with cancer. Yeah. And sort of about him dealing with that. Yeah. Also, like, 
his own mental health issues. So, like, he tried to commit suicide. Yeah. And it's um, a very emotional album, and that really comes through when you see them live. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I would say that this EP that they released, it has a bit of the same sort of, like, it's very similar sort of thing to uh, their album that they released last year, mm. but... It's a little bit more optimistic. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, the main song Magnolia off the positions, which I, I, I to be honest, I really probably prefer the positions that to, to which was the album from last year to the EP. Let me be clear that came out this year. Um, although there are good songs on it, but it was just the the positions as an album really worked for me. And yeah, I, I like the EP as well, but um, the positions I probably liked more. And Magnolia, the main single off the positions, um, he actually wrote kind of when he was recovering from having attempted suicide um and he kind of wrote it as like kind of a, an apology to his friends and family and it's kind of it's not actually it's like one of the few songs on the album that's not actually in relation to his like his kind of trials and tribulations that he's had with his various problems but um it's kind of just like an upbeat kind of geordie little number that he kind of wrote to to apologize and to to make something really nice for his friends and family who he'd he felt that he'd kind of let down and who he wanted to really work hard to win back sort of their trust and loyalty and that sort of thing. So uh, a band with a really interesting backstory. I think you're right. Yeah, I think they've got a, I think they've got a really incredible sound. Seeing them live is like we went and saw them at the Tivoli. Yep, Tivoli. And just the emotion in the crowd was just yeah. so palpable, and just the stage presence of the singer. Yeah, was, David. Was David's really stage and presence I, is fantastic. And yeah, I probably agree with you that I prefer the album to the. EP, but yeah. it is more Gang of Youths, yeah. and it's very good. There's yeah. a really good Joni Mitchell cover. Yeah, on both there sides as well, now, fantastic. Which is cover. which is like just such an appropriate song for them to yeah. cover. They just do it so well, they do and I really job. enjoy it. I just really would recommend it to people. Yeah, I agree. Good, good, good recommendation. The last thing I want to say about Gang of Youths that I really like, just about the band in general, is they've got kind of like a they're I've got a bit of like a Bruce Springsteen-y vibe. And we do love Bruce we, Springsteen. We bloody, <laughs> we bloody love Bruce Springsteen. But anyway, like the thing that I really like about Gang of Views is that they've got like an old style kind of rock, like open rock sound. They wouldn't have sounded out of place in the pub rock scene of the 80s, like playing alongside the Hunters and Collectors and that sort of stuff. Um, and I think I really like how they don't, they're not trying to be cool. They're not trying to like tailor their sound to the Triple J kind of that Melbourne sound. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and that I really admire them for that, and I think they're a great band. And you're seeing them, is it twice more over summer? Yeah, they're playing at a bunch of festivals that I'm going to. First, the Festival of the Sun, which is in start of December. Yeah. And then I think they're playing They're playing either Falls or Laneway or both. I Falls, I, I think. think it's Falls. Falls, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to mm-hmm. see them again. I'm actually wearing my Gang of Years t-shirt today. Yep, so. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Adam, you're up. Okay, next, yep. next one for me. Um... The next one that I want to talk about is um, an album by a band called Car Seat Headrest. Now, Car Seat Headrest is a band that is kind of mainly the creative project of the singer whose name is Will Toledo, an American guy who's only like 19, 20 years old. And he, this album is kind of his commercial... It's it's not... I guess it's his kind of commercial debut. It's his, like, second album when he's, like, signed to a major label, which I believe is Matador Records in America. And the the album is called Teens of Denial, and it's an album that is an hour and 20 minutes long, but well worth the listen. 
probably the best indie rock release of this year, um, in my opinion, and that of many others. And Will Toledo is a really interesting bloke because this album, while it's his second major label album, the first major label album is called Teens of Style, and that's from last year, I think. And that is effectively a compilation of his previous efforts that he's released on Bandcamp. So he released 11 albums on Bandcamp within the space of about three years before he signed on to Matador. So for Teens of Style, they got him basically to re-record with some actually decent production and that sort of stuff, like re-record the best tracks throughout his his many, many albums that he kind of had just released. Like when he when he um, was f- finishing high school, he released like an album every month over summer. So he's got like just the fir- his first four albums are just called one, two, three, and four. And then he released like one every month. So he's quite a prolific songwriter. Um and I think he's got a, a great sound. Um, is uh, there some good evolution from his yeah, for sure. time, even though he is still pretty young? Yeah, Teens of Denial shows like definitely like a maturity beyond his age, I think, in terms of songwriting. Um, there are some like great songs on there. It's just like a really good indie rock release for, I think it's like for people who might have kind of lost a bit of faith in indie rock, which I'm kind of one of, I kind of... I've been reevaluating like the albums I've loved as a like throughout my formative years, and like I've been it, this kind this album has reassured me that indie rock has something genuinely meaningful to contribute, and I I would say um, like there's some just amazing songs on there like there's some short sharp ones, um, but there's also a couple that are really long like there's a song which is about twelve minutes long called the Ballad of the Costa Concordia which is fantastic, and the a, that that's a really good one for like a long ballad sort of song and then there's another song on there um which is kind of the single called drunk drivers slash killer whales and that's a fantastic one as well so is it just one dude or is it a band it's it's like it's kind of like a tame impala sort right. of situation where you've got like will toledo basically writes everything but there it is a band right okay and they're playing in australia yes are they, they playing are Falls they're playing laneway? they're playing laneway, laneway yeah. which i will definitely yeah. go see them at laneway yeah, yeah. are you going to laneway? excellent to the one in perth yeah ah yeah not in brisbane not in brisbane not i'll in be brisbane. in perth at the time yeah cool um so yeah teens of denial car seat headrest one of my favorite albums of this year so yeah, yeah i listened to it and i quite enjoyed it mm. Mm. i think Teens of Denial is maybe a bad name for it. It's not a name that you probably like, but it yeah. kind of fits because it's all there's lots of songs in there that are about kind of like as you were saying, John, like coming of age sort of stuff. Like mm. there's a song called that's got like a really long title, which is called like Joe was kicked out of school for using drugs in brackets, but he claims that this isn't a problem or something like that. It's like it, it's really weird. They've got like a bunch of weird song names and that sort of stuff. But they've got excellent lyrics, and I, I'd highly recommend it. Give it a few listens, see what you reckon. Ah, uh, John? So, my second album of the year is another indie pop group from Brisbane, The Goon Sacks. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which, which is, that, which is, is one which that's is, on Adam's list as well. Yeah, yeah so Adam has this on his list talk as about well. It, we'll yep. get two, two birds with one stone. <laughs> yeah. uh, this, this album was very personal for me. Uh, I feel, I, <laughs> again, it's a very angsty teenage Teenage Angst type album. Uh, Adam and I have been to several of their mm. gigs. This yeah, year I've, in I've seen them live as well. You've seen them live as well, and we've met them. Yeah, several times. Yeah, several lovely times. guys. Lovely, lovely guys. Lovely, lovely people. Lovely Two people. guys, one girl. Yeah, girl on drums. Yep, which is a lot like the Go Betweens, wouldn't you say? I yeah. would say. Funny that. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> um, but what Do I love- you want to actually explain? Not why really. It's a lot like the go-betweens. I would, I would rather not. I'd rather let Adam do that one, wouldn't I? So the main singer, his dad is. Um, yeah, L- Lewis, the singer, his dad is. Um, Robert Forster. Yeah, from, yeah, Robert Forster. Lead from, singer of the go-betweens. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, the Goon Sacks are a fantastic Brisbane band. Yeah. Like, they're like. Yeah, I, I never think about them. Even though, like, there is that family connection, I never think about... You know, I, I don't compare the music to the go-betweens. No. What I love the most about their music, though, is the sort of self-deprecating nature mm. of their songs. Yeah. It's more than just teenage angst. It's self-deprecating teenage angst, which, mm, I, right. which I bloody like, so, love. Sort of more <laughs> self-aware. Very self-aware. Yeah. I mean, these these are they're kids. They just yeah, like all they finished just high school, graduated high school. Um, but they're a bunch of seventeen-year-olds, wise beyond their years. Mm. And um, they they there's a very vulnerable sense of humor to their songs as yeah. well. They sing songs about their mums giving them haircuts. Uh, yeah. They sing songs about working at Target. Mm. Um, you know, there's a, there's a sense of humor to it, similar to the Smiths. I would say. Yeah, okay. The Smiths, very sad song. Lyrically kind of... Lyrically sad, yeah. but humorous. Yeah. In, like in, in a way dark, that... Darkly humorous. In a way that I think a lot of people don't quite, quite get. get. Yeah. And they're extremely talented. Yeah. Uh, I think they're a fantastic Their band. live shows could be... And I feel like this is just because they're young and they don't have that much content yet. But they their live shows are extremely similar to the album. There's mm. not much variance between the two. So, I do really look forward to seeing their careers progress, and I do believe there's a second album in the works. They just came back from Europe. Yeah, they went on tour to Europe. Europe. Yeah. Yeah, That's pretty crazy. Yeah, Yeah, they were on radio shows and, you know... Yeah, they went on the BBC. If I I had to recommend a song, um, it would either be Boyfriend or Target, which is the song about... Lewis working at Target. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'd say Boyfriend is a great one to start with because it just gives you a great idea of like their, like they're just little guitar riffs and rhythms and the way they just like, yeah, it, it's kind of hard to like describe, but it's very, very Brisbane, very, very Brisbane. And in the lyrics, there's heaps of references to Brisbane. And yeah, I, I'd say Boyfriend is a really good song to start with. And my other favorite song is Telephone, which is one of the ones that's written by uh, James, who is kind of like the... They, they they kind of share songwriting and singing duties throughout. And the, the drummer Riley as well has started to write songs. And so for their next whatever project they do, I, mm-hmm. I think we can anticipate. See, Adam, Adam like, you like James's songs. Yeah, more. I like James's I like songs a bit more. Songs you more. like Lewis's songs. Yeah. And Peter, you said when you had a listen to yeah, it. Yeah, so I've listened to the album only twice. Yeah. And I saw them live. Mm. And I kind of, like, I thought they were okay. Right. But I wasn't a massive fan. Okay, fair enough. Um, I didn't think... I, I'm not a big fan of... Is it Lewis, the main singer? Yeah. Or, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of his singing. Okay. Um, I thought, lyrically, they were quite interesting. Mm. Very sort of simple in terms of the instrumentation and stuff like that. But I think yeah. that's that's fine. Mm. I also didn't think the production was amazing. Yeah. That being said, they are just a bunch of 17-year-olds. Yeah, and that's kind of part of it as well as like the... DIY. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's got a punkiness to it. Yeah. 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 Um, I didn't hate it, but I wasn't a massive fan and I wouldn't Fair. like, mm. I don't Fair. know. Maybe it's just where I am in Maybe my life. Maybe you're just an old guy. Yeah. Maybe that's it, Pete. Yeah. I'm just old 22 year old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
graduated from uni now, so I can't feel the teenage angst. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that, that album is The Goon Sacks Up To Anything is what it's called. So that was on both of our lists. On, yeah, on yeah. both me and John's So we just saved fives. you some airtime. We, we so yeah. did. Yeah. Um, and John and I both would recommend that. I feel like... that You reckon they're one I, to watch? I think I, they're definitely one to watch. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. 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 Yeah, Camp Curb's album, um, their debut album, um, it's a group of three girls. From Melbourne? Yep. Very sort of Melbourne Very sound, Melbourne. sort of like Courtney Barnett-ish sound. Yeah, I, I hate to kind of like say female artists from Melbourne, Courtney Barnett, but she they do sound like a bit Courtney barnett Yeah, but they're a bit more rocky in terms of the... Yeah, they... Uh, they kind of like got people's attention because they kind of started this thing where they kind of were calling out basically like sexism at gigs. Yeah. So like they they would have, you know, their female fans come to shows and just get felt up basically. So they've just like started just saying like, they started, like fucking an stop it to, basically. Yeah, I think it was called like Girls to the Front or something yeah, like yeah. that. Just sort of calling out just dickheads. Yeah. In the mosh pit at gigs. Yeah. And just just making like gigs just something that it's a lot harder for women to enjoy. Yeah. So yeah, uh, and but apart from like their kind of political leanings, they do have political leanings for sure. Like, um, oh yeah, one of the songs, one of the main singles from the album, "Jet Fuel Can't Melt Steel Beams." Yeah, I think it's, hilarious it's, name. It's more um, that's more of a jokey song. Though. Yeah, but they, but the the main refrain in that song is um the the only thing that that, that stops, stops a bad man with a gun is, is a good man, man with, with a gun. gun. The lies they tell you to control you to whatever. control yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Yeah, there's a lot of sort of politically conscious yeah. lyrics to their songs. Yeah. The sort of the main thing that drew me to them is just the incredible voice that the lead singer has. Yeah. And I saw them live about a month ago. Mm. And it just... Where, where was that? Um, I went to this uh, like smaller festival called I Love Life. Yep. At the Trifford. Yep. Which was headlined by the Bennies. And they were one of the bands that played at that. Yep. Love um, the Bennies. Oh, yeah. They're, they're fucking crazy. Oh, man. They like... They were... It fucking went off when the Bennies came on stage. They were like smoking weed on stage oh, and doing shoeys and just all over the place. It yeah. was insane. But yeah, I, I just think that they're certainly a band to watch. Yeah. Very interesting sound. It's only about eight, I think there's only eight songs on the album. So yeah, it's so it's it's pretty not digestible. Than, not longer than forty minutes. And yeah, I, I liked the album as well. I listened to it like three or four times now. And the first couple of times I listened to it, I thought it was kind of just a bit like. Like, I didn't love the sound of it, but it's kind of grown on me, which is interesting because, John, you said to me this morning on the way here, what, what would you say you kind of had had the opposite thing? I had the opposite effect. I really, I really do enjoy this album. Yeah. Um, so much that I did originally put it in my top five. But then uh, over the last couple of nights, I, I gave it a listen. And while I really enjoy the lyrics and the content of the songs and what they sing about... The, the sound, the, the musical sound of it, I thought I don't want to listen to this album for another couple of weeks. And really? I, I realized, yeah, if, if your album makes me just want to put it down for a little bit and then listen to yeah. it again later, maybe it shouldn't be in my top five. Definitely yeah. top 10. Yeah. And I think amazing songwriting. Probably my yeah. top 10 as well. Yeah. And, and amazing. I, I, I love. Jack Fuel can't melt steel beams. I think that song it's is such amazing. Great, like humorous song. And I and I think also it, it, it hits on very important points in regards to sexism. Yeah. Especially in the music industry. And especially mm. at gigs, which are yeah. very male dominated yeah. spaces. 
and say the three guys on the <laughs> same podcast. Yeah, and it's sort of that song has sort of become. I, I've seen student unions use that songs use that line. Jet fuel can't melt steel beans. Just that title in like weird social media posts and stuff like well, that. No, it's become part it, of a popular no, because account. jet fuel can't melt steel beans is like one of the it's like a really old meme oh, about okay. that it's like an old conspiracy theory for from 9-11 did you not know that jet, i did not know that yeah no, so like wow. the, the story oh, is that so jet, the fuel, the towers, jet yeah, fuel doesn't okay. burn at a hot enough temperature in order to melt steel yeah right and because okay. of that reason 9-11 was an inside job yeah okay i but, see i didn't know that but uh, you I, learned, you learned so new you things on this so podcast it was like it was like a conspiracy theory and then it became a meme on like four uh, channels just okay. like a side note absolute bullshit jet fuel car oh, yeah. steel no. beams <laughs> no, just well, not it, true it doesn't, at all 9-11 it, was an no, inside job though wasn't jet it? fuel isn't hot enough to melt steel but that's no it doesn't need to melt to steel. melt it to knock it over yeah, yeah. Anyway. We all know George Bush. (laughs) Yeah, and and Harambe. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, okay. So Camp Cope's album, really good. Very good. Um, Very good album. In your top five, kind of in both me and John's top tens, I guess. Yeah, definitely Um, one of the the better ones of the year. If we stuck just to Australian music, it would have been in my top five. I guess. Now that I kind of look at it, all of of my albums... Four of my albums are Australian. Good. Mm. That's good. That is good. Support local music. Yeah. yeah. Um, only, uh, yeah, only one of mine is, actually. Yeah, see, Adam, you're a... See, I'm not going to... I went by Merit alone. Oh. As John, you, you had this idea that you wanted to do Well, two... my, my original plan is... And unfortunately, I've, I've gone a bit off path. Mm. Uh, my original plan was to go two local, two Australian, and one international. Yeah, two and local being two from Brisbane. Two from Queensland. Yeah. Queensland, um, yeah. And I ended up going... Two from Queensland, one from Australia, and two international. Yeah. yeah. This leads in nicely. John. John, what's your next one you want to talk about? The next one I wanted to talk about was actually an EP, which yep, I hope which, is okay. That's um, fine. I talked about an EP. Okay. Uh, it's Alex Lay's Big Great University. Mm-hmm. My favorite release of the year. Yeah. Really? I think it is. Okay. Is she from Brisbane? No, she's from Melbourne, Melbourne as well. Yeah. yeah. I believe. Yeah. I she sounds like I was listening to the EP on the yeah. way over here. She sounds very Melbourne. I think yeah. I think it's unfair to compare her to Courtney Barnett, which a lot of people have done. Her music is a lot more song based yeah. than Courtney Barnett is. Courtney yeah. Barnett spoken. is a lot more sort of rambly, like beat poetry sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah, like sort of like slice of lifey yeah. almost talking about like this album is talking about, like, there's a lot of, sort of love love songs and breakup mm. songs. Yeah. Whereas Courtney Barnett's stuff is more like irreverent, like, elevator operator. Yeah. You know, storytelling type but, stuff. But this EP, it's it's short, it's sharp. It's a very quick listen, but it, mm. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I it's, enjoyed it as well. Like, like Courtney Barnett and like um, a lot of other young female rock musicians in Australia right now, it's that observational type of rock music. Mm. Yeah. And this one hit very close to home to me as a 21-year-old uni student. I can relate to a lot of these songs, which I'm, I'm sure a lot of people can. And, and one of the good things, and maybe if Alex heard this, she would disagree. But it's it's as if her songs are unisex. She never, like, when she sings about uh, a, a relationship or a romance, wouldn't use gender-specific terms. So it can, if, if a guy hears it or a girl hears it or whatever you Ish. identify as... But but she she taps into a certain sense of sort of millennial dread, which mm. obviously all three of us have. Um, <laughs> that goes beyond the sort of normal angsty lovey dovey stuff yeah. that 
pre- the two previous albums I mentioned. Yeah, I think have. of all the songs on the album, the first one... Be Great. Oh, um, Ivy League. Ivy League. Yeah. That is very much captured. My favourite line from that... That is, that is my favourite song. That's your favourite one? The... My favourite line from that is, um, but never did I think I'd have this nine to five heartache. Yeah. There's no singing about never did I think I'd be sad about not having a full-time job, which is, you know, a very millennial dread thing to have. Mm. Um, you know, she sings about doing an arts degree and, you know, you won't end up with a job even though you have a degree about sort of the everyday whimsical things of the relationship, which, which I found quite interesting and about the unsureness of being into someone. So it's, it's very observational music. It's very made for young 20 year old, you know, and the, the melodies are great. I, I genuinely enjoyed the, the music mm. aspect of it. Fun fact, Alex had to sell her Toyota Corolla. To fund the EP. this EP, uh, what, which, a, what which, a like classic, yeah, <laughs> our generation type story. <laughs> so I, this was definitely my favorite release of the year, um, and my favorite song from the EP is not one that's played on Triple J often, but it's Wes Anderson, the, yeah, the song in the middle. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that as well. Mm. I've yeah. only listened to it once, but I also really loved it. And I'm probably going to, when I drive home later, listen to it. Yeah, it's yeah. A pretty pretty easy listening as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's good say. stuff. It's not the Eagles. It's not that easy uh, listening. No, no, no. no. But it's, like, <laughs> it's like easy to get into. It's, yeah. yeah. Like, All right, I'm closing my it's laptop it's at this point of, because I have no notes left for my other two albums. That's fine. That's yeah. fine. Kind of like, yeah, what I sort of mean is people can just listen to it. It's not like a genre that's is going to turn people off. Yeah, I suppose. Mm. Which other Melbourne female artists have? Yeah. A lot of people, people either hate... love Courtney Barnett. I, or hate I just, her. I just yeah, don't see, Adam hates Courtney. Why Barnett. I do not hate Courtney Barnett. No, Didn't I, you just? No, no. He what? said he, he said people hate. Sorry, her. I sorry. Don't, I don't understand why people hate Courtney Barnett. A, a lot so of people don't like that sort of observational rock. Yeah, but they don't like the. The vocal fly, like, yeah, of of Courtney Barnett and other similar artists. But like when having a look at the comment when for the hottest one hundred mm. was it this year or last year? Whenever her album was in it, mm. just the comments were whenever a song of hers would come up of just like people just being so aggressively against her music. I just don't I'm, like people hate Courtney Barnett. Mm. She's very controversial. Anyway, uh, the, the album that I'm going to talk about next is uh, Dee Dee Dumbo's Utopia Defeated, mm-hmm. which came out Very pretty recently. Um, By the time this podcast is up, it would be like three t- months or something? Yeah, something yeah. like that. I sort of got into his music just hearing one of those songs, Walrus, on Triple J, mm-hmm. and I just really love his guitar riffs. Okay. Um, he's, I think he's got a really cool sound. A little bit different as well, as you're saying, the 80s inspired Mm -hmm. and just like really sort of interesting, very easy to get into, I think, anyway. Um, Yeah. It's very mid-years talking heads. Mm. You know, like expressive vocals, weird song lyrics and weird song topics. Yeah. Yeah. And and I like that kind of weirdness about Mm. it. Mm. I um um, I've listened to it two or three times now. I'm I'm kind of getting into it. I really like the song Oyster. I think it's called, which mm-hmm. is one of the last ones, if not the last one. Um, and yeah, I think I can really get around this album. So yeah, yeah. my two favorite are Walrus or yeah. Satan. Yeah, mm. and those are the two sort of lead singles. singles from... First two off the album as well. Yeah, yeah. All right. Is that yeah? Kind so of... those those are the two ones that I would 
recommend often as well. Mm. So Just mo- trying to moving, get this going kind of quickly. Yeah, so moving to my next one uh, would be Weezer's new album from this year. Weezer, the classic kind of like grunge college rock group who were initially famous in the 90s with um, uh, the two albums, Weezer in brackets, the blue album. They've named a bunch of their albums just Weezer, self-titled. So like they've got Weezer, the blue album, which is their first one. Then Weezer, the green album, which is their third one. Then Weezer, the red album. And now the new one is Weezer in brackets, the white album. Obviously, the white album by the Beatles already very (laughs) famous. But this album was a fantastic return to form for Weezer. Throughout kind of the mid-2000s, they had a, a few albums that were just just kind of not that great. But their their debut album, Weezer the Blue Album, is a fantastic album. has songs like Say It Ain't So, The Sweater Song, as well as My Name Is Jonas, which is the first song that we probably would have known from Weezer, Peter, because it was on Guitar Hero 3 yeah. that we played back in the day. But yeah, so anyway, Weezer's new album, which is called Weezer the White Album, and it has, yeah, it's just a fantastic, like simple, like very saccharine and sweet kind of, like a lot of kind of love sicky sort of songs, but in a way that I really love. And like Weezer's sound isn't for everyone. I'm not sure you're a massive fan, Sean. I never, I mean, I've, to be honest, I've never really listened to Weezer apart from the guitar hero right <laughs> so i i can't really comment okay too much on yeah that. um well i first heard um i first like got back into weezer when i heard the, one of the singles off this album which i instantly fell in love with and is in my top fat couple of favorite songs from this year and it's called la girls with a z on the end so yeah uh that song i absolutely love because it has just a really good refrain to it, a fantastic guitar solo, and that's my favourite song off the album. The other two songs I'd recommend off the album are Summer Elaine and Drunk Dory is another one, and also um, the main single Thank God for Girls. So highly recommend Weezer's new album. Not doesn't take long to listen to, and you'll pretty much instantly know if it's what you're looking for if you kind of like that kind of very American, unashamedly, very youthful and kind of teeny kind of stuff but really good quality like great guitar tones great production and good lyricism as well so i really enjoyed weezer's the white album this year they've been how when was their first release like what year? 1994 yeah so they've been around they've been around a very long time yeah yeah um i really enjoyed kendrick lamar's untitled unmastered Mm. i really love when artists release an album of boot cuts or, or songs that didn't quite make an album. Bob Dylan, we were talking about earlier. He's very good at that. So when Bob Dylan and the band released The Basement Tapes. Yeah. I, I love that album. And I really, so I enjoy boot cuts and, and songs that didn't quite make um, an actual LP. And I, I don't know why I enjoyed this so much. It's it's not, you know, the best hip hop album of the year, but I love the, the jazziness of it, the funkiness of it. Mm. How Just different would you the, say it is to his, like... Probably to his more produced best stuff. Rap, yeah. rap album of last year. Probably the, regarded widely as the best album of last year. I, I think this not album, by me, but not, anyway. not by you, <laughs> yeah. but like, but for sure, the weight of critical opinion was that Kendrick Lamar's "To Him Butterfly" was the best album of last yeah. year. How similar to that would you say it is? It's not very similar. They're at not all. that similar. It's that's far more, it but that's because it's not produced mm, in the yeah. same way. It's barely produced at all. Yeah, I mean, they might he they would have produced. 
it before they released it. Yeah. At, at least a little bit. To yeah, make yeah. It, to make but, it listenable. But it's a lot more raw and it's a lot, yeah. a lot and, less polished. And it's a lot more jammy. Yeah. That's it. It's it's just flowing hip-hop. Mm. It's pretty old-school hip-hop in a way as well. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what else to say about it, just that I mm. did thoroughly enjoy it. And yeah. I feel like most people who listen to it, unless you are into Kendrick for the couple of, you know, popular songs that he has, yeah. I think if you... You know, like him for that. If you like him for King Kunta, for example, you might not like Untitled Unmastered. But yeah. if you like hip hop in general, and if especially if you like the more avant-garde hip hop stuff, you'll definitely enjoy Untitled Unmastered. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any songs to recommend of that? I know all Un- obviously are Untitled, but yeah, like number two, Untitled, untitled two. O2. Yeah, that's I would my like favorite one. Untitled and, um, six, I think. Untitled O two and Untitled O four. They're all Untitled songs. Yeah, they? and then like yeah. the date. Of when yeah. They yeah. Were made. yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's very really art house, isn't got, it? Yeah. 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 One of the songs is is has the date that he performed it on the Colbert Report, which is quite interesting. Okay. Um, like the American like satirical political talk show, he just like met, wrote this song for it and just like like performed it and then was just like n- never never, never released it like it. effectively and yeah. it's kind of mm-hmm. cut, resurfaced on this little this little project. I don't think you can take individual songs out of this album though mm. the album works best when you listen to it completely yeah. mm. okay cool okay. So, Peter, um, what's, so so next yeah. next album i'm going to talk about i'm really only going to talk about it briefly again um is ballpark music's every night the same dream so this is their fourth album mm-hmm. that they've released they've been around for a number of years now yep i wouldn't say it's their best no neither um, would i it represents and you're you're a fan of it as well. I'm a I'm a fan of I'm a massive fan of ballpark music. Yeah, great Brisbane band, fantastic Brisbane band. Their debut album, Happiness and Surrounding Suburbs, is one of my favorite albums ever. Yeah, and this album, they are great lyrically. They're great lyrically, and they're like, yeah, they're they're really good. And like the first three albums were very were very pop oriented, and then what happened is the singer Sam Cromack went away and did a solo album under the moniker My Own Pet Radio called Goodlum, which was released last year. And then after that, they seem to have come back together and Sam's brought a lot of the stuff that he was experimenting with for with Goodlum and he's kind of brought it to ballpark music. And the result, I think, the result is good, but not quite there yet. Like, I yeah, think... I think, I think it's a it step in the right direction. It represents a sort of new direction for the band, which mm. I think is, is good. Yeah. But lyrically, I don't think it was all there. Like the thing, yeah, okay. the thing that I like so much about ballpark music is their lyrics and just how like clearly you can hear what the singer is saying. Yeah, they're so good to sing along to, and they are like they're funny. Yeah, and like just talk about a lot don't of sort of everyday. Yeah, don't take themselves too seriously. Take talk about a lot of sort of everyday issues. Mm. Um, and I think there was a bit less of that in this record. Yeah, so that's that's maybe why it's not as yeah. up there with their. I do. Ones. I do. Like, think it's a really good album, though. And, I like, the the first song that we heard from it was a, is a song called Pariah, which is seven or eight minutes long. And it's effectively, like, it starts off kind of like a ballpark music song you would expect to, kind of, like, gets a good rhythm going. And I remember when I first heard it and, like, the drum rhythm, like, kicked in, it starts off with, like, a slow piano part and kind of like She Only Loves Me When I'm There, one of their most successful singles, started off with, like, a slow part and then, like, kicked into a really great beat and kind of, like, kicked into a great single. Whereas Pariah, like, gets this really good beat going and when I first heard it, I was just like, oh, this sounds so great. I can't wait to hear what the rest of the song is. 
And then for about four minutes, they've just got this extended jam, yeah. which just it's doesn't go anywhere. Weird. It was a very odd way to bring out new music because yeah. they like released this video on Facebook or YouTube or something. Yeah. And it wasn't a single. Yeah. Um, so that song was like just the, the extended jam. I see what they were trying to do, but I just like, I feel like it's just such a missed opportunity for what could have been a great long song because they've yeah. never really done a really long song. So anyway, I felt like that was a bit of a missed opportunity. The first single, Nihilist Party Album, I didn't like very much upon hearing it and it, it didn't get a massive amount of like, like if you look on their Spotify, I, for example, you see that it's got like a couple of hundred thousand plays and like all the singles off the previous albums have got, got several million. It, it got played a lot on Triple J. It, it does get like, it still gets played on Triple J, which is good because I think the songs deserve to because I think Nihilist Party Album has really grown on me and I think especially yeah, live- too. Live Nihilist Party album sounds fantastic. This is very much an album that feels like it would sound awesome, like better yeah. live yeah. than on the recording. And which this, is yeah, so Nihilist Party album, out. great song. Um, um, I, I also really like Whipping Boy, which you don't yep. like quite as much. I've, very, I've, it's now grown on very me, conventional Boy. sort of indie rock song, but really um, good as well. And My, I, I yeah. quite like Feelings as well, which is the first track of the album. Yeah, which is kind of the most traditional ballpark music song that's on yeah. there. And the the song, but the song I like most of all is a song called Peppy. That's my favorite song on the album by quite a long way, and it, I just think it has. It, it starts off kind of in like a bit of a Mac DeMarco sort of vibe, and then ends up with this really great little riff that I really love. Loved it when I first heard it, and I, I still think it's the best song on the album. And if they kind of push in more that direction, then I think they're going to have s- some really good material in the future. But I, I'm glad that they've like decided to push the envelope of what they're their fans expect of them because their fans really do now just expect them to come up with great indie pop, which is what they've done in the past really well. But yeah, I think it's really good that they're going in a new direction. So I really liked it. It's in my top 10, not my top five, but I think it's a good stepping stone to what could be a really great fifth album for ballpark music. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we'll move it, move it right along. We've all yeah. got one song, le- one album left. So yeah. what was your final one, Adam? My last one is Glass Animals, How to Be a Human Being. Glass Animals, a British kind of, electronic pop sort of outfit a bit similar to alt j there they came out with their debut album in 2014 i think which is called zaba and effectively it's like a version of alt j with kind of like the similar a little bit weird sounding vocals like some strange lyrics and that zaba had a lot of african influences to it as well in the music and the lead single gooey um was in like top 10 hottest 100 for that year and kind of like made them really popular in Australia and they're especially popular in Australia even like compared to elsewhere in the world like they're especially popular here and there's and they released Zalba they had the single Gooey and I, th- I kind of thought they'd like pop up for an album and everyone would like them and they'd kind of disappear I saw them live in Paris at the Rock on Seine Festival in 20, uh, 2015 and they gave like a good live show but I think their live show and I'm very keen to see them at Laneway in um, January but their, I think their live show will be even better with the material from this second album, How to Be a Human Being, which is kind of assembled from... They basically, like, on their tour for their first album, they kind of, like, took voice recorders around with them and just recorded all the chats that they just had with people randomly and kind of used that to assemble a bunch of different stories. So it's kind of got a bit of an anthology feel to it. And, yeah, they've come up with this, this album, How to Be a Human Being. The lead single, Life Itself, is really good. Um, my favourite song off it is uh, The Other Side of Paradise, which I think, like, the quality of the electronic production 
is fantastic on this thing and I really recommend it. I, I really liked it and I was surprised by how much I liked it. Like I thought second album from a band like this, I thought it would kind of just be them trying to like keep their momentum going, but they've really gone in a direction that like has genuinely changed things up from the first one and for the better, I think. Like I think their second album is a, is a big improvement on the first one. So I'd highly recommend Glass Animals, How to Be a Human Being, particularly the songs Life Itself, which is the lead single, and um, The Other Side of Paradise. Have you guys heard that album before? No. I've uh, heard the singles. I've, yeah. Mm. I've heard stuff that was played mm. on yeah. the radio. Yeah. Um, my album is uh, Leonard Cohen, You Want It Darker. While we were talking earlier about sort of teenage angsty songs, this is on the complete other end of the spectrum. spectrum. Mm. This is obviously a man who has had the last... 50 years of his life to think about love, death, religion, sex, you name it. And Mm. he has had a song about it. Mm. This album sort of, he wrote, a lot of the songs are based on poetry that he wrote for uh, The Book of Longing, which is one of my favorite poetry books. Yes, I'm a wanker. Um, (laughs) But this sort of accumulates, this, this album isn't very musically groundbreaking at all. There's nothing musically outstanding about it. It's all about the lyrics and it's all about the uh, about the lyrical content. Absolutely amazing. I've only listened to it for the last month or so by the time this podcast comes out. Mm. But I thought it's absolutely amazing coming from a, a person who has had absolutely extreme struggles in his life mm. in regards to his mental health, in regards to his spirituality and, and in regards to his... Uh, his um, the music industry fucking him over. I highly recommend recommend this album to anyone who likes Leonard Cohen. Mm. Um, and I highly recommend this album to people who like it a little bit more poetics in their songs. I, yeah, I listened to this album for the first time last night um, in preparation for the podcast and I was absolutely blown away. It was just fantastic. I really liked it because it's just his, I felt like, I, I felt like he was singing right in front of my face, like his kind of growling, like just such deep pitched vocals yeah fantastic lyrics and just like simple kind of like it's almost like he's frank sinatra like kind Mm. of like one of those old crooner guys who's just like but the songs on this album are fantastic the the songs feel like he's singing to one person as well yeah and that person could be you if you're singing it when you're in the right frame of mind and that's the reason I couldn't choose a favorite song on this album. You have to listen to the whole album because there's also a lot of reprises and the songs go back yeah. into each other. Mm. Um, you do have to listen to the album as a whole. I think yeah. you're right. But I can pick songs that I liked from it um, okay. that, that particularly were amazing. And those are the, the first two. So the, the lead single, title track, you first track, You Want It Darker. And fantastic. Treaty. Treaty, yeah, the second, the second song. Second yeah. song um, and I really love that. And it's it's basically just... It's very simple lyrically, but it's it's just he says like I, I don't, I don't there think was it's a treaty simple between... lyrically though. Yeah, I think it's simple like, musically. There's right. very few notes and, and there's very few instruments in it. Usually mm. just a piano. So very stripped back. A very Quite stripped, stripped back. back. Yeah, piano. But... He doesn't play guitar anymore, I believe. Yeah. Um. So just some piano, very basic guitar a and a bit of choral vocalists. choral yeah. backing vocals. But lyrically, it, it's it's very intricate. And right, I, 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 yeah, I didn't yeah. mean, yeah, no, you're right, but I think uh, there's just like the simple theme of it of to the refrain to the mm. chorus, which is effectively it's something like you know I, w- I wish there was a treaty between your God and mine or something like that. It's just like it just sounds fantastic the way that he sings it and just like 
yeah, excellent music, excellent music, excellent album. And I'm keen to listen to it more and more. And um, that's one that, um, as well as Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds Skeleton Tree album. Oh yeah, that's a um, very very sad story behind yeah, that album. Mm. Yeah, two two albums that like I feel like uh, as the year goes on may kind of jump up into my top ten, maybe even top five. But yeah, so and yeah, so Lennon Cohen, you want it darker, really, really good. Yeah, very good. Highly recommend. Not for everyone, obviously. As no. Lennon Cohen never has been for everyone. Yeah, yeah, but. Uh, if if you like your music a little bit more personal, definitely recommend. Mm. Okay, what so about you? so I've got final one. I was tossing up between a couple of albums to talk about, so I want to just quickly go some some honourable mentions. Um, I did want to mention Big Scary's album that they released this Very year, good. Animal, uh, which I was really really looking forward to. But then I haven't listened to all that much since it came out. I listened a lot to their most recent album uh, at the start of the year. Used it is great study music, and I really is that a compliment? It. I don't know. I, I like <laughs> I like good study music, but yeah, haven't listened to it as much as I would have liked. Tasseltana's EP. Um, she's got a real like just really great guitar playing, cool singing, kind of cool lyrically. Her live act is really interesting because she does all the instruments herself and um, does live mixing and looping of all the instruments that she plays as she sings and plays the songs, which is kind of cool. Um, but my final album that I want to talk about is an album which I don't think has gotten much play at all this year. It was a feature album on Triple J, I think. It's Daughter's album, Not To Disappear. Okay. Which is, it's it's a very sort of, sort of the whole vibe is like sort of electronica, kind of sad, like, um, very sort of low-key mm-hmm. type music. Yep. Definitely not for ev- for everybody. Yep. Definitely a pretty sort of sad, beautiful album. Um, some songs off there that I recommend would be Numbers, which was the main single, and that got a bit of play. But I also quite like Don't uh, No Care and the final song, Made of Stone. I haven't heard that album, but maybe it's one I should give a listen to. Yeah, it's one of the ones... It came out, like... I think it was even in January. Mm. So start of the year. Hasn't had a lot of buzz around it in yeah. terms of like awards and stuff, but it was one that I really enjoyed. Mm. Um, and I thought bad mention. Um, so that's kind of, we've taken a bit longer than I anticipated <laughs> to go through all our favorite albums that's of okay, the year. okay. We can just cut John's ones out. <laughs> <laughs> so now we have the very difficult task of working out one, which we reckon could be the A Beer with Sam and Peter Album of the year. All right, so album of the year for a beer with Sam and Peter, like, and today with John and Adam as well. Yeah, a beer with Sam and, and Peter not Sam. and John and Adam and yeah. John and Adam and not except for Sam. except for not actually Sam. Yeah, yeah. We can so, we can hear him walking around occasionally. <laughs> yeah, he's looming around. Yeah, he's here. Trust us. To me, some like the sort of albums that we all seem to enjoy. First of all, would be Camp Coke. Mm. Like that was one that it was on my list, almost on John list, John's list, and you quite enjoyed it as yeah, well. Yeah, I like it. Like I think that definitely mm. has to be up there. For, yeah, that, for that was the one that we could all there. kind of agree with. Yeah. The other one, the only one that was on both of that was on multiple people's lists was the Goon Sax album. It's a great but, album, but would I say it's the best of the year for us? Yeah, I and, and I just didn't like it. No. Like I, I couldn't see it as. As an album that right, is deserving of like I, a, I could that say, yeah, I could say I love the album, but I, I, I can't give it that. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, like, uh, yeah, I th- like looking at my list, like 
I'm pretty sure you guys haven't heard Malibu, Teens of Denial. I've heard Teens of Denial. I quite oh, right, like Teens yeah. of Denial. I like, yeah. I like... But the, I mean, like, not, neither of you are familiar enough with, like, most of mine to even, mm. like... To We've had a very diverse... We yeah. have had which a, is, which a, is a good. couple of yeah, albums. Which yeah. is good. Lots yeah. of stuff for people to um, listen to, which is kind of what this whole show is about. Yeah. It's giving recommendations and reviews of you know, stuff to go and do. Mm. It's very populist yeah. of you, you know. You're spreading it to the yeah, like everyone people, has, to the you know? yeah. 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 Giving yeah. shout outs all over the place. Yeah. So yeah, I feel I I, I know. I, I know. Really... How would you guys feel about about Camp, Camp Cope? Um. Yeah, I I, I can yeah. I can deal with Camp Cope. I can do it. Um. Is, would there be any other that you think we all kind of would agree with? Not that, that all you three of us because like yeah, yeah that's the visual. thing. Like you're you're not a rap fan, so it can't be Kendrick. It can't be Anderson Park. Sorry. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Um. And like. You haven't heard Leonard Cohen or like the Weezer album or anything like that. But neither like, do I. Don't think those albums do deserve to be our best of the year either. Like, what were you really passionate about? My my this, favorite like, album this year was Anderson Pax Malibu. But okay, yeah, I think that and Car Seat Headrest are the two albums that are like mm-hmm. interesting and vibrant enough for me to be albums of the year. But also, can like, listening to Car Seat Headrest? I, I don't think it is like. The story behind it might be interesting, but I don't think it is that distinct from albums in the same genre. I don't know. I think it. I think it's quite quite good. But I. Uh, I don't. I feel, I feel I don't like we're. Gonna, I feel like we're going to struggle. I feel yeah. like we are. I feel, I feel like is, it would be impossible for the, us to actually. That is the struggle have an album having these, these. Yeah. This diverse list. Yeah. I think like Camp Cope is the only one yeah, that we can even consider. Maybe we should go with Camp Cope. Yeah. Okay. It's I'm, reluctant. I'm reluctant to do it, but yeah. Can, I yeah. feel like it will like, be the only choice. Yeah. Next year, see if we can do better. Yeah. <laughs> so are we going to... A reluctant right. album of the year reluctant to Camp Cope. Reluctant for John. I'm pretty happy with that I'm choice. I'm reasonably happy with it. Yeah. I would have been reluctant with any album though. It's yeah, pretty it's, hard. It's, it's hard. difficult. It's, and also, we're not breaking it down by genre as no. well. Like, it's very hard to to say this one. And also, we didn't album. we didn't go what we think is objectively the best right. album of the year. Right. No, we right. went with what is this is all this is all entirely our own yeah. personal opinions. Like, yeah, which is so why the, the people beer, listen. Beer Sam and Peter, we're not all about like objectively. This is the best crafted mm. movie or TV show or video game or or music album. Like, we're it's all about our own opinions, and I think we could all be. That's why you are Australia's most popular podcast, <laughs> if, if not the world. <laughs> Take you've the world beaten cereal. You've beaten this American life. Oh yeah, yeah. The Beaver Sam Peter Podcast Network. <laughs> yeah, coming to your servers just crash all the time, don't yeah, they? Yeah, coming to an iPhone near yeah. you. <laughs> Anyway, okay, yeah. so I'm I'm pretty happy with okay, that. We can uh, bang, bang the gavel and, you know, going once, going twice, going three times, Camp Cope. Mm. Camp Cope is our uh, album of the year. All right, so, so we're happy with Camp Cope for the album of the year. Yep. Um, was there anything that any of you guys reckon bears mentioning that maybe you were really anticipating for this year and mm. then came out and you were really disappointed by Okay, there's a couple of albums for me that were, like, overrated or were disappointing. Um, the first one that I thought was overrated is one that came out, that dropped out of nowhere, that got a massive amount of buzz for it, 
and it was yeah it, it was like released instantaneously alongside like a, a short film kind of project and most people probably by now will know oh, what I was talking the, about the Frank Ocean album no, uh, well yes and but the one I was talking about was Beyonce's Lemonade okay so um, it dropped out of nowhere um, like I'm not traditionally like a massive fan of Beyonce necessarily but like I can get behind a few of her songs I know you're not a particular fan Peter no um, I, I think it's just garbage pop music oh uh, yeah well i i think like beyonce is pretty good but like when this album came like there's a bunch of really good features and that sort of thing like jack white features on a song father john misty wrote one of the songs i'm a massive father john misty fan so like i was like okay maybe this album's gonna be really good um so i listened to it and kind of like three or four of the songs i really liked and then the rest of it i thought was just kind of garbage so like to be honest i just didn't really get why there'd been so much hype about this album but so yeah, getting a lot of indie hot, like a indie lot cred. of indie, like a lot of crossover, like crossing over from mainstream to indie, like a lot of indie cred that I felt was just like not that deserved. Kind of just like how Taylor Swift's last album got a lot of they, cred they that it didn't deserve at all. Yeah, like they they played. But that that, that also comes to the argument of like what's indie and what's mainstream. Yeah, is Which triple is, is triple yeah. J indie or is it tri- is triple J mainstream? I I think that that line more than ever. In the in recent years, has become a lot more blurred. Triple yeah, J sure. is playing a lot more mainstream music yeah. than they yeah. than they used to. Well, then it, it's quite possible that songs featuring artists like Justin Bieber will pop up. Like yeah, we, we've already had Bruno Mars, but but is that necessarily a bad thing? I don't it, think it, it's necessarily yeah. a bad thing. I don't it think just so exposes either. like the inconsistency of the, the like the line that Triple J tries to walk. But I, but I think it, it also it, it shows that because of the internet because of the way pop culture is is right now that maybe there shouldn't be a line between what triple j plays and what's considered mainstream pop music i don't know to to me what i come to triple j for is for is to not have to listen to stuff that's going to get played on nova and b105 like to listen to a lot more australian music and stuff that's no definitely i think triple j should continue having strong australian do that but just for for me, I've been really disappointed. To in my opinion, I think the um, playlists that they've had have gone downhill because they've been playing a lot more uh, like American rappers and hip hop artists that I think probably don't need the exposure that could go towards some more deserving. That's true, and I do um, think I do smaller think smaller Australian bands. Triple J has a duty to play good Australian music. Like yeah. that should be their first focus. Yeah. I mean, they're they're a taxpayer funded. Radio station and, and, they, they and meet digital that goal. platform. They definitely yeah, they do, do meet that goal, and they might they, they would definitely have uh, certain quotas that they have to fill. Yeah, um, they do. I think it's 40, whether or 40%. not they're becoming a bit more loose with that, or or, or whether or not. Well, no, the the quota is forty percent. I'm pretty sure forty percent of the songs they play have to be Australian, and they meet and exceed that every year. So yeah, so like maybe, the, maybe I'm just a bit disappointed. The, I mean, maybe game. you're noticing the American songs more. I, I think, like, the it reason just... why I don't, like, I love a lot of the music Triple J plays, but I very rarely listen to Triple J. And the reason why is because, you like... You drive. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure, but, like, uh, the reason why, even if I was, like, driving everywhere, I'd put my own phone on is because, like, I love a lot of the music they play. I think they do a great job of getting exposure to Australian artists. But, like, as much as I love it sometimes, they play a bit too much Australian hip-hop, I think. Like, and they've given a pass to artists like Illy, who I think is just, like... Like, his songs are really just completely radio-friendly pop. Like, listen to Paper Cuts with Vera Blue. That song, which 
no doubt will be top five of the hottest 100 this year because it's been so popular broadly and in the mainstream like that is just a pop song a straight up pop song mm. and like there's, while there's nothing inherently wrong with that it like i think they anyway i think they play a bit too much australian hip-hop um although i do love australian hip-hop sometimes i really liked 1955 the song um by hilltop hoods which i think came out this year early, they did with montaigne which they, which they did with montaigne who's another australian artist who i love but I think they play a bit too much of that. They play... I, I cannot at all get around, like, Bring Me the Horizon and that sort of shit that they play. I know people like it, but it's just not for me whatsoever. And when, like, that invades my ears on, like, a Sunday morning, like, it was like this morning, we were listening to Triple J on the way here, me and John, and they're playing, like, some Bring Me the Horizon bullshit, and it's just like, this is not Sunday morning music. The more, the thing but I think I, it's important to show the, the musical variety that Australia has. But you can't yeah, go. But yeah. you can't go I'm, from like sample the great playing that sort of yeah. thing to bring every now and then. Yeah. What I have issue with is when they play like DJ Khaled and fucking Kanye West and Beyonce. Like, but you could say all three of those are very important pop culture icons of our generation. Yeah, that should be played on B one hundred five and Nova. No, but B one hundred five, B one hundred five, and those radio stations don't necessarily play important pop icons. There's a difference between what the fucking pop. chain smokers they, like, play, play what's popular, yeah. but they don't play like someone like Kanye or even DJ Khaled, who I personally have a love hate relationship with. Who would fifty years from now, DJ Khaled will still be famous, I reckon. Uh, and I'm same not like with DJ Kanye. Khaled, Ka- Kanye will for sure. Be I reckon DJ Khaled sure. will because yeah. because it it won't be he won't be remembered for any sort of musical genius because he's not a musical genius, mm. but he's a social media genius. Yeah, he's a marketing genius. And he'll be remembered for that into the into decades into the future, yeah. which I think that's maybe why Triple J plays these sort of those sort of artists because they know that these are the the great air quote artists of our generation. Yeah, mm. for for me, I'm just sad that the I feel like the stuff that they're playing is pushing me away from listening to Triple J, which I'm a bit disappointed by. Yeah. I feel like though that that, yeah, has, that has been a criticism I, I of think, Triple J since all... Triple J started. I think. Yeah, yeah. Which maybe maybe I'm getting older. I'm not as hip with the no. Kids, I don't think so. Like, I don't. I don't think that's it. My, I think my personal music yeah. taste. Um, when I started listening to Triple J when I was like 15, 16, 17, it's definitely just, changed. It's definitely changed from when I started yeah. listening. To I, I but I feel I feel and, Triple J has always had that. I, I, I'm, I, I'm disturbed right. by every time, every Australia Day, we have the Hottest 100, and there is far too much just pedestrian house music. That's, like, the thing that Actually, shits yeah. me to tears about Triple J at the moment. It's, like, like 25 songs out of the Hottest 100 are just cut and paste, shitty, like... I don't want to go on a massive diatribe, but, like, I just... Like, I'm not going to listen to Triple J all the time when I've got, like, those three elements of it that I just don't like. Mm. I would much rather cherry pick, like, what I like from Triple J, and they do a lot of great work. So, I would, I'd much rather cherry pick it and kind of curate my own listening experiences a bit more, or which is easier when I'm, Spotify. like... Spotify. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, those three elements for me, which is, like, a bit too much Aussie hip-hop, a bit too... Like, a lot too much Bring Me The Horizon-esque sort of rock, and then too much pedestrian, like uninteresting house kind of club music which i feel like is definitely not what they need to be playing but anyway one more album that like i'll very quickly say like green day's new album revolution radio i'm a massive green day fan definitely although they're they're controversial 
But yeah, basically that album, they had a trilogy of albums called Uno Dos Trey that they released in 2012, and it was panned, which is fair because it was bloated and there was too much filler on it. And I remember saying at the time, and I still believe it, that like that should have been one album, and if it had been one album and they'd picked the right songs, it would have been a good album. But they had three crappy bloated albums, so it wasn't very good. And this year's new album, Revolution Radio, was meant to be like the return to form. And a lot of people, when it came out, like it got great reviews on a few sites like NME and that sort of stuff. So basically enough people thought it was good so that people started to say it was good. And I just don't think it's very good. And I'm really disappointed by that because like they they had the trilogy, which was kind of like their indulgent phase. And then Billy Joe went to rehab for alcoholism and then came out. And, like, they were writing songs again and everything was looking good. And then the songs have just been really bland, just power chords, like, crap lyrics. There has been a real attempt by those pop-punk bands from the 90s to, make to come back. Blink-182. Yeah, how crazy the, is and that? What was that? Was that song, that single they released? Didn't Blink-182 release a, um, like, a dubstep song? Did, did they? they? I They did. I know, no. I know my favourite band, Smash Mouth, released a dubstep song. Did I say Blink-182? Yeah. I, yeah. Meant, I meant Smash Mouth. Smash Mouth's uh, My my Love is a Soldier or something like that. The, um, <laughs> dubstep song. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Good old Sma- Smash Mouth. Smash Mouth, unsung heroes of the early 2000s. I just want to give a shout out to them. Smash Mouth's album Smash Mouth from 2001, probably the best album Get of that decade. Out, Adam. Um, uh, one other thing I can think of, one other album that um, I think is a, is a really big story from this year, which kind of is like half an album story and half like a music news story, is the story of Frank Ocean's new album. Mm. Um, now, Frank Ocean, his debut full-length album, Channel Orange, came out in 2012, as most people will probably know. High school. Uh, like massively popular everyone loved it yeah just heaps of great songs on there that people really just love like super rich kids uh thinking about you um lost another great song off there anyway 2012 album channel orange massively successful and popular the massively anticipated follow-up has been basically teased he he's kind of he was meant to come out with it in like 2014 and then like we didn't hear it from it from him for a year. He would drop all these ambiguous like teasers about oh there's something coming that sort of stuff, and continually like these supposedly like fans would get like oh this date is when we're gonna finally hear something about it, and we're gonna get a new album, and just these dates would pass over and over and over and again. And apparently like Frank Ocean's brother was actually a massive troll about the whole thing, and like basically just riled the fans up by just like posting ambiguous like pictures with like a new date on it just to piss everyone <laughs> off so eventually um so there was just a massive amount Wasn't of it anticipation on, like a live stream or something yeah they had like this weird live stream but like the thing was they so they, they just you know they they fooled like us two- too many times and like i feel like the, the hype had been a bit overdone by the time the album came out because wasn't it like two albums? It, it was, like yeah, it technically album. was. Like, ju- just did like a real dodgy thing on his label by releasing like a art house concept album and then immediately releasing yeah. the actual album independently. Yeah. yeah, I think basically like this ties into kind of the music news element of it as well. But it like Frank Ocean became involved in kind of the streaming wars of exclusive albums getting exclusive releases on different streaming services that was a big deal this year. But anyway, uh, his album, uh, which is called Blonde, came out this year with a lot of, a a massive amount of hype and anticipation. 
a lot of noise when it came out as well, that it finally was out. And then, as far as I can see, it completely dropped off the radar. Yeah. Because, like... You hear the occasional song yeah. on Triple J, for example. Yeah. But... Like, for... Is it, is it yeah. talked about in the sort of popular vernacular? No, it's no, definitely not, not. Because there's there's not songs on it that just are instantly just getting into people's heads. And there there are some really good songs off it, but it's definitely not as good as Channel Orange. No. It's like a, it's like a bit indulgent. And, and Channel well. Orange was everywhere. Yeah. Channel Orange yeah. came out when I was like in the last couple of months of grade twelve, yeah. heading into exams. And I just remember that summer, everyone was listening to it. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people in my school lost their virginity to it. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure someone described it as baby making music. Yeah. And and that was just everyone Which talked about fair. that album. That Kendrick and um. Thrift Shop. What's his name? Macklemore. Macklemore. <laughs> yeah, wow. That's a bit of a blast from the past. Yeah. Those kind of days, yeah. Um, but yeah. Didn't so Macklemore released an album this year? He did. And he, I listened to did, it. And, and it was all right. Yeah. There's a few good songs. A few just cringy, fucking terrible songs. Brad Pitt. <laughs> Brad Pitt's cousin. Yeah. <sighs> Don't even start. Um, Brad there's a song Pitt, called... That's my cousin. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. Terrible. Actually, just so Absolutely bad. Absolutely terrible. But then there's some good songs on there as well. Like, he, he has a lot of songs about kind of like the nature of fame and that sort of stuff. Like, his music is very cringy because he's just so... Like, he doesn't even attempt to shroud his lyrics with any... Like, he doesn't attempt to shroud his meaning at all. Like, his, his like his, what he means is exactly what he he's says. He's no Leonard Cohen. No, he, he just doesn't make any attempt to use any there's, kind there's of metaphor no, like, or anything. That, there's no... There's no like, he's just literally telling lyrics. you exactly what he means. Um, uh, which is what, why, what do you like, think the deeper meaning behind Thrift Shop is, Adam? Well, like, you, you think, like, his political songs... Is it like, like a, is love, it a, you know, a critique of capitalism, maybe? <laughs> it wasn't the same love about how he thought he was gay once, so then he understands gay people's mm. struggles. Yeah. Oh, I, like, people criticise him honestly i feel like he can't win no matter what he does he's gonna get criticized for something he's for one thing he's a white rapper and i think it's you can't really win as a white rapper to be honest like i i think it's very difficult to like because he's made a lot of effort to like pay tribute to the roots of rap music that he has based his career upon um, and like he yeah, has, but, but people criticize that because he does it in a sort of patronizing way as well. But he does it like again, like he can't win. He's doing what he can to like in his way, in the way that he makes his music. He's paying tribute to that which comes before. He's a vocal proponent of Black Lives Matter, and he like makes songs about it and like uses his fame as much as he can to like promote those issues and to pay tribute to the roots of rap. And I can't, and he can't win. Like even though his music is cringy sometimes, and he's not always the best, and he releases songs such as Brad Pitt's cousin, which just really uh, he, That's he, my released, he, he there's another song which is like um like about him just eating and loving eating food, and it's just like him talking about like eating donuts and stuff, and how he loves just eating food or something. So there's a bunch of really stupid songs. So he's yeah he he's like. Just a bit cringy and corny, but like I do have sympathy for him because I feel like he's he's also very genuine and honest and tries his best to be like a good a good role model, a good like person in the public eye. He's he's trying, he's actively trying everything he can not to, you know, just ride off the success of, of rap music and like appropriate it for himself. And no matter what he does, he gets flack. So I have some sympathy for Macklemore. And I also think some of his songs are good. So yeah. I like Riff Show. Thrift Shop is a banger. It's just every time I hear it, it just takes me straight back 
to summer of 2012. Yep. Yeah. First year, for me, Schoolies, first year of uni, yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a fun song. Mm. It is a fun song, and as soon as it went number one, that was when on in the hottest one hundred. That was when in Australia people started people to started hate. just hate Macklemore. Yeah, and like I think it just I think I that's just, when also think, people started hating Triple J a little bit more. Yeah, I think it probably did deserve to be number one that year though. It was such a huge song, and it came out really mm. late. It was perfectly timed to sweep up all that. Everybody like, loved like. Yeah. People love that. I still Any, love it. Anyway, I think we might finish off like we had a bit of a negative note. There. Yeah, we okay. might try and finish finish with mm-hmm. a bit of a positive. So, what are you guys looking forward to for next year? Oh, I'm looking forward to. I don't know if we can expect it next year, but I have. We haven't had an album from Alt J since 2014, early 2014. We haven't had a single from them. We haven't heard anything out of them. I think one or two of them went off and did like a solo project, but. I would really love to hear new music from Alt J next year, and hopefully mm. we'll get it. Anything for you, John? Two things. I'm hoping for an album from Alex Lee, who's an EP yeah. we talked about earlier. Um, I think that would be excellent. And also, I'm actually really looking forward to a gig next year. Yeah, Adam oh, and I. Yes. Adam and I <laughs> pretty much sold our souls oh, in order to buy tickets to see Bruce Springsteen. On his Australia tour. Our Lord and Saviour. Our Lord and Saviour. So that's the one gig I'm definitely looking forward I'm to next so year. I'm so Through some miracle, we've managed to get through the podcast without talking about Bruce Springsteen. It's like, a big oversight. Like, no, I mentioned in, him in once. The lead up, yeah, you mentioned him once, but in the lead up for- I mean, he did release an album. Like, <laughs> in, in the lead up, like, all the- Whenever I would mention this to Adam and John, trying to get them to come on, they would just say, oh, we're just going to talk about Bruce Springsteen the whole time. <laughs> For our top five albums, can it be one, two, three, four, five? Bruce Springsteen, Born to Run, Nebraska, uh, Darkness Dark on the Edge of Town, Town, Born in the USA, Born in the USA and the River, and the River. Yeah, top go. five from this year. <laughs> <laughs> songs we'd recommend from those probably Born to Run, uh, Thunder Road, classic Bruce songs. Anyway, so you're looking forward to that? Yeah, that it's yeah. two hundred and fifty dollars, which will hopefully we're going be very to be well right up the front. We're going to have to camp out from like. 2 p.m. or something, yeah. but we'll do it. I, I, I'm I going to Perth just before that. Yeah, I that's paid right. $120 to change my flight so that I could <laughs> be here on time for the gig. Bruce Springsteen day. So yeah, that, that's awesome. We're going to have a great time there. Uh, for my for my birthday as well, my lovely brother Peter brought me a ticket to Laneway, so I'm very keen to go there. See Tame. See again. Tame Impala, see Chet Faker, who I've never seen. And seeing AB Original on... Australia Day will be interesting, which will be, yeah. I think, quite hectic. Mm. Okay, um, and also, like, kind of coincidentally, two two artists that were in my top five for the albums this year are going to Laneway, and those are Glass Animals and Car Seat Headrests. So I'm very keen to catch their sets, and yeah, so I- I'm really looking forward to Laneway as well. But yeah, I kind of can't think of any a- albums that like we're kind of expecting for next year that I can't wait for. But I'm sure it will be a good year in music. This year's been a good year in music, so yeah, I, yeah. I expect we'll have another good year next year. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, guys. No well, thanks for having us, and yeah, thanks, thanks for supplying. Yeah, I, think, I think this has gone well. Uh, yeah. A- yeah. As always, uh, follow us on Instagram a- at ab with sp. Yep. Facebook. I, I'm already on. Uh, Facebook.com slash a beer with Sam and Peter, mm-hmm. and SoundCloud and iTunes as well. Yep. Um, no homework movie. Obviously, because he's a special podcast. Yep. Um, but stay tuned for next week where we're going to talk all about the year in video games. So, yeah. Cool. Cheers. That's See it. Thank you. Done.